This is the Otaku in Review podcast. I'm Scott Spaziani from Otaku in Review. I'm Shannon, aka Perfect Serenade. And I am Michael Camacho of G-Nitro.com. This is episode 232, recorded on March 29th, 2022. Breaking Wind. She packed my bags last night. Pre-flight. Zero hour. 9 a.m. And I'm going to be... The fuck is going on? As a kite. By then... What the hell, Scott? Yo, Scott, if I you don't stop, I'm going to Will Smith so your ass, much. all right? Wow, too soon. I miss too my soon. wife. <laughs> it's lonely out in space on such a timeless flight. What are you talking about? Hold on, have you guys heard, have you, have you heard the jingle yet? I think it's gonna oh God, long, going to be a time. Hold on, hold on, guys. touchdown. Brings me round again to find. I'm going to hurt you, Scott. Stop. I'm going to mute your ass. I'm not the man. How do I kick him out? They think I am at home. Shannon. Yeah, what's up? You posted a bunch of social media pictures of a rocket, didn't you? I did post a bunch of social media pictures of a rocket. Lewd. Totally lewd. It's my my, my big rocket. It's got 8.8 million pounds of thrust, baby. Ooh, that's a lot of thrust. Yeah, it's a lot of thrust. It's yeah, it's it's actually been a while since we've we've gotten together. Um, just it you know, has. I, I believe I believe the last opening I was I made fun of uh, of Nitro's combat history. I think that's how long it's Gosh. been. Well, it's it's been huh? it's been a little it's been a little crazy. It's, things have been a little nuts. Um, I had to do some work travel, and I guess now. By the time this comes out, I will have, I will no longer be part of the organization that I was at. So I don't care if anybody knows anymore. I was a contractor for NASA, and yes, I was down, I was down at uh, Kennedy Space Center the other week watching the uh, space launch system rollout, which was really actually quite an amazing experience. I um, got a really nice tour with a small group of people um, in my organization of the Kennedy Space Center itself. So I got to see inside the big vehicle assembly building, got to see the rocket from like, I think the 30 something floor. Uh, We got to see where they fuel all the spacecraft. It was, it was really, really, really cool. Learned a lot of amazing things. And then, um, that Friday when I got home, I put my two weeks notice in. <laughs> like a boss. Yeah, so it was... Well, I, we don't have to go into that part of it, but I well, no. I just want... <laughs> I do just want, you know, uh, it looked like you had a lot of fun. That was, was, that was the was, key, and I'm, I'm very jealous. I've always wanted to go down and see a launch. And surprisingly, but, I did uh, not come home with COVID. I did get really... As soon as I landed in Florida, I did get really bad allergies in my, my trip. That was despite COVID. That wasn't that wasn't COVID. I actually took a COVID test and it came back negative. So you know, I got there, and sadly the airlines lost my luggage for two days. So that was kind of a bummer. Then I ended up getting like a chip in my one of my fillings. So now I have to get a bunch of dental work done, which is good. Um, 
Because I, you know, I'm I'm gonna be getting Invisalign too, so I've always. She skipped straight, our concert. Straight RT. Well, yeah, I did skip the concert because I was not having a good time. So that I didn't go. What? When you say when you say chip out of one of your fillings, you mean like you lost a piece it's, of it, no, not that you got a five G installed. It's like a little, probably like a little crack. Didn't, didn't that happen to you, Scott? Sensitive. I got five G installed. No, you you lost part of your tooth. You were on here one day, and I was like, "What the fuck's wrong with your mouth?" And you. Were... I called you out on it. I did. I have a lot of. I have a lot of tooth problems. I got a lot of tooth problems. I did. So then I did I... lose part of my Can tooth. Can I just say the part. reason why I didn't go to the concert? And it wasn't Shannon's fault. I just was like the only reason I was willing to go to the concert in the first place because I had somebody else to help me deal with the crowds, oh. and I was not dealing with the crowds solo. I was like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm not sorry. ready for it this. Just, it was such a like a bad like. Being down in Florida was a good time, but it was also kind of a bad time because it just, it was exhausting. And then I had an amazing coworker, shout out to my coworker, Casey, who... Sup, Casey? She drove me to the airport, mind you, Kennedy Space Center is like an hour away from Orlando International. And Orlando International right now, do not fly into that, that airport. It's, it's a madhouse. Like, we're talking like 90-minute TSA waits and everything. But she drove me to the airport to pick up my luggage, and then we she drove us back through the most craziest downpour I've ever been through. And come to find out, we were driving through an area that a tornado had touched down. So it was just... Oh, Jesus. The, the trip to Florida was great, but it was also bad. <laughs> but, um... Like I said, I came home, put my two weeks notice in because I have decided that I am going to put my full badussy into becoming a webcomic artist. Wow. Um, and that's kind of where my mind is right now. My last day is on April 1st um, at NASA and... After that, I plan on really picking up steam with both of my webcomics um webtoon just i hope announced. i hope this isn't the first time your husband's hearing that like just second oh, no, 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 while no, you're recording me. this podcast no no so he actually he actually <laughs> left the room um he texted me he goes why are you yelling <laughs> but um no so that it, it was it was definitely something that he and i talked about um i have plenty of money saved up i'm not worried about finding anything like right away if it happens it happens but I'm not going, I'm not stressing out. We'll just say that. I'm, I'm not stressing out. Uh, financially, we'll be okay. But I think for me, this is something I've always kind of wanted to do. And I feel bad because I don't really put a whole lot of time into my webcomics as it is just because of the career. And I mean, I, I was, I've been working for months, over 50, sometimes 60, over 60 hours a week. And... You know, doing a web comic takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of dedication. And I just haven't been able to put the dedication into it that I want to build my readership. And I'm doing okay considering, but I feel like my dog just ran in the room. I don't know if you can hear him, but I feel like I, there's a lot more that I can offer that I can do. But even if I just, you know, maybe do some contract work here and there just to bring in some money and then, you know, really focus the rest of my time on webcomics I think 
I think I'll be happy. We'll see. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just taking this time to take a break because my career, I've been going at it hard since 2006. And, um, I tell you what, guys, I am burnt the fuck out. Burnt out. No, I think, uh, you know, obviously people who love your webcomic are probably glad to hear it, but, uh, you know, we wish you the best. We're going to support you as much as we can. Spanks, and this also means I'll be able to watch more anime for our podcast. Oh, I was so sorry. I'm so sorry about that one. <laughs> that's the that's the that's certainly the the least someone wants to hear when a, their friend turns turns to the dark side like that. I wouldn't say it's the dark side. Like no positive conversation. No positive conversation starts off. Well, I've been watching a lot more anime lately. You don't know. That's not true. <laughs> So, <laughs> I feel uh, your burnout feelings uh, because I was feeling that way with work. And after we hired one guy in September that was awful, he finally got let go. Um, we have brought in three other people this year alone. Two of them started last week, and they are all way too eager beaver to learn. <laughs> but. Uh, being at work this week, not on eves, because I was on eves last week, and I go back on evening shift next week, but this week being in on day shift, not having to constantly monitor the queue because they're trying to learn everything as fast as possible has been kind of amazing. See, I love, I see, I love that for you. And I wish that would have been the same case with my, my workplace, but, you know, I could go into a whole spiel about federal government and contracts and budgets, but... We, unfortunately, just, we can't get somebody else. We yeah. have had to do what we had to do um, with just our team. And let me tell you, my team, so amazing. I am really going to miss all the ladies on my team. And I even had one send me a card. And when I opened up the card, I, like, started tearing up a little bit. <laughs> um, just because, this, you know, the people on my team mean a lot to me. But I think this is the right decision for... My mental health, my physical health, my marriage, you know, yeah. but I'm, I'm excited to take a leap into trying to do more of personal art and trying to make more of a living off of it. Cause it's not something that I've ever done or ever tried, whether it be, you know, the comics or doing commissions, you know yeah. what I mean? So I'll, I'll figure it out. I plan on revamping my whole Patreon um, I want to offer more content and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all works out. Yeah. I, uh, if it wasn't for the people I work with, I probably would have left after the layoffs first happened in July of 2020. Um, I'm glad I stuck it out with the people cause I do enjoy working with the people I did. I mean, I do. And the three new people have kind of fit right in. So it's been nice. One guy came from another side of the contract and they were like, they're going to bully you. And he's like, because y'all ain't anything like what they claimed. I was like, cause they're projecting. They were the bullies. <laughs> We've been trying to explain this to you the whole time you were waiting to come over. Stop being scared. They're the fucking bullies, not us. Just come in, do your job. And we don't care. Like, <laughs> You can be who you want to be. We may joke, but nobody means any harm by anything in this office. We we just love the fact that we're all working together and can all be friendly. See, that's that's always great. Yeah. And then I, you know, 
sometimes management has to come and screw it all up. Yeah, thankfully, for the most part, our direct management is good. It's the overall company management for the main contractor that can be the shit. But... Scott, do you have I any gripes? I work alone for the most part. I was going to say, do you, do you have any gripes about your job? Well, I got, I got a lot of gripes, <laughs> but um, but they keep they keep just they keep throwing money at me. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shut up and do my job hey, until that stops. That's my attitude, though. If you can throw money at me to make everything a little more bearable, fine. But it's got to be worth it. It's why the other reason, Go like ahead. leaving my job, people are like, "Oh, just come down here to this place in D.C." I'm like, "No." I'm not making that drive through D.C. because there's no fucking tra public transportation down there, and I'm not interested. It's so bad right now. <laughs> it's just awful. I was like, no, I'm good. I'll just stay because I don't want to ride the Metro anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, but. Yeah. I, I mean, of course, if you needed to do it, like, there, it's there, but it's not something I would ever volunteer to do to go, like, well, for me to go back to an office. See, I've got I'm none... kind of the opposite. I'm I'm kind of the opposite of that. I I'm I miss the office. I miss I interacting. Have been in the office the entire time, and I would like middle of the road. Give me like I can work from home two or three days a week, but also go in two or three days yeah. a week, depending like on what I fucking want. <laughs> like, Ma'am, like a hybrid setup. Yes, I which would is love ultimately that. what would have happened if I had stuck around. Um, but I think the working from home part they've definitely gotten a lot more work out of us just in general, like a lot more work. Well, that's the thing. These companies keep claiming yeah, that surprised. people aren't working as much at home. And I'm like, no, people are working more. <laughs> like people, the, they have already done studies saying that it is shown that people do more work when they're working from home than they do when they go in the office. So. Yeah, that's 100%. The only reason they want people uh, to come back to the office is because middle managers are without a fucking job. The the one thing, <laughs> yeah, well, for sure that, about that. The one thing that um, is actually I actually like that's changing. Um, so you know, well, you know, my, my company got bought out by a much much larger corporation, um, and the company, my company had. Um, they they called it was it like flex hour like flex vacation okay, yeah. and so it was essentially unlimited vacation at your manager's discretion and 100% i did not take as much advantage of it as i would have especially with the pandemic if i just had a bucket of time that this is how much you have you have to spend it by yeah. the end of the year right so i'm 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 happy that that's changing because I think that, that that they know that like if they give you unlimited, most people will take less. Yeah, they'll have one or two. I think people some people might take advantage, advantage of it, of it. Yep. and then the rest don't. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's I, I'm kind of in the same boat, Scott. I have pretty much unlimited, and I might take a day or two here, but that's for like you know just dumb stuff. It's not even vacation, you know. Yeah. See, so but I don't I'll take have, a lot of vacation um, days. I just like having. I use a lot of my time for. Nope, mental health day. I'm not going in. <laughs> like, I'm just like, nope. Yeah. I'm just going to enjoy the day at home and not deal with the bullshit today. But uh, yeah, now I'll have a lot of vacation, awesome. and it expires at the end of the year. And no carryover. So I will be f no carryover, oh, but wow. it's. I'm surprised. Uh, a lot of places my... will at least allow a little bit. But it uh, they it increments by seniority, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm coming into the system with 15 years seniority. Oh, nice. 
So, uh, yeah. I'm that's, at five weeks, and I've been deal. told I can't get any more than that at this point. That means we'll have plenty of extra time for to, Otakon shenanigans. To watch. We will I just want to give you all a warning about Otakon. Otakon. If my older dog uh -oh. keeps on kicking, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. nobody wants uh, to watch them, and I don't, I'm trying to talk to people to be like, it's just a weekend. Would y'all be able to deal with him? <laughs> or babies. I, I didn't think he was going to make it to the end of last year. With the CBD oil, he has rebounded something fierce. And well, we'll unexpected. just play it by ear, you know. I'm trying to find a we'll setup for him. I... Both parents won't watch him, so I'm trying to find friends. I'm like, hey, it's just for Thursday night through Sunday afternoon. I will have everything set up for him as long as you're home most of the time. I was like, he has to go out every two hours or so, but you can watch him as soon as he gets up from sleeping. He's got to go. So I'm trying to find somebody who will deal with that for the weekend. I, I certainly understand why people won't won't watch him for you because that's that's a bad situation yeah it sucks in um the only other option in terms is of... to ride the metro in every day and have somebody just come in and at least take him out uh feed him for the until i come back home later that night yeah and of course that'll be that might be a little worse even for everybody no it'll be fine if somebody come in because the in the gated area of my kitchen i just have pee pads down so if he pees it would be mm. like dude just pick it up Replace it with another one I'll already have set out, and you just gotta feed them and leave. <laughs> so okay, yeah. So we'll figure that out. Um, I, I have uh, at the end of April, I have my first big test to see what happens because I I have tickets to packs that I bought before Omicron was a thing. Oh. Um, and I mean cases have been falling and things yeah. are looking good. By the way, but they're we certainly nervous. Buy the Otacon tickets now. I think next month they go up. Ooh, well, I have okay. to put in. I have to put in panels. Um, but thank you for reminding yeah, me. Yeah, but Otacon is going to be seventy-five dollars early bird. It's a hundred dollars at the door, so you save twenty-five dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Once it once uh, uh it says uh let's see yeah April fifteenth, so the day before tax day. Okay, I'll oh shit! I gotta that. do my taxes. I haven't done my taxes at all because I know I'm gonna owe money. Oh my gosh, you bums! <laughs> I'm gonna owe money. I don't want to fucking see it. <laughs> Might have to That's lie about donating married. to Goodwill or something. That's, <laughs> like, look what I donated. That's how you gotta get married and buy a house. Like, I have a well, house. Yeah, you have a house. <laughs> I have a fucking well, my, house. Look at this house. All, yeah, we're, we're all homeowners. I guess. Friends, friends of mine both. Uh, got married and had a kid this year, and they were they they shared like the screenshot of what their return's gonna be. Just as like, hey, yeah, go get married right now, go do it. Okay, <sighs> enjoy your return, but I'm not gonna enjoy how much money you spend on the over the lifetime of that kid. <laughs> Fuck that. I think I think you're taking the lo the wrong lesson from this nitro. I'm not. But... Aren't we all just people who don't want kids? Yeah. Uh, I'm wow. 2575. Hold on. 2575. So 75 you do or don't? Don't. Okay. I know Shannon and Adam don't, and I definitely fucking don't. Yeah, we're not. We're not about that life. 
Because I just, with all this shit going on yeah. in the world, global warming, why the fuck am I going to bring a kid into this shit? Hey, good luck! Fucking hope you survive past me! Like... <laughs> that is that is my main thing. But, like, the world, the world right now is getting worse. And I, I imagine by the time I am in my 60s, you know, I think... I think things are going to start getting like weird in in the world. Well, they're already um, saying that if we don't like, do something in like... the next two decades, global warming is going to destroy yeah. us. So I'm not bringing a kid into this fucking yeah. world. I find it selfish, and everybody thinking they need to put another cog into the fucking machine. Fuck that. <laughs> it is well. It is. Um, I, I find it interesting, like you know, like that the you know because people have seen worse things than we're seeing right i mean like the people people came back from world war ii the, the but that's not the single worst nobody conflict of that, all time that has been alive has seen the climate problem we're seeing true but you know they came back from world war ii saw like the devastation and terror and then they had kids and then they all and, then all the boomers made things worse Right, true, but I just like it's like it's. In, I mean, I'm sure there's some people who came back hold and on. said like, "All right, that's not worth bringing an extra generation." Isn't this an anime world, podcast? Hold on, hold on. I'm just gonna say something real quick. Shit. Boomers created student loan debt. Boomers created the credit score bullshit. They have ruined this fucking country in so many different ways. Fuck them. They created this whole mess, and the only thing they can keep saying is, "Goddamn millennials." Fuck off. You created this problem. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 greatest, or the the best description of boomers is that they, uh, they invented um, participation trophies and then blamed the people who they gave them to for their existence. Yep, that's boomers. But before we get to the anime podcast, I have two things I want to talk about. I watched uh? the Korean movie The Pirates because there's a new one out. We watched the original from 2014, mm-hmm. and it's a very Pirates of the Caribbean. Korean style um, that had a lot of the action, the adventure, and some comedy. And I have to say, it was pretty disappointing uh, because okay. I felt like the fact that they didn't fully lean into the comedy throughout the movie really fucked it up. So they tried to be like a lot of serious and bring in a lot of history. The history part was fine, but trying to be like a serious drama at times didn't hold up. But every time they went for the comedic notes, they nailed it, and it was like, damn it, you should have just made a fucking comedy. <laughs> so, it's worth a watch if you plan on watching the quote-unquote sequel, but it's more like another story in that franchise, because the original actors uh, didn't participate. But, uh, we're going to be watching the uh, sequel soon. But So we had to watch that. It wasn't bad, but I want to talk about a Korean drama called Bring It On Ghost. Because I like my rom coms. I like my rom coms. I like my paranormal. This mixed the two. And it's basically about a guy named Bong Pal who uh, can see ghosts and he beats them up slash exercises them for money. Okay. He gets a text message to come exercise a ghost for money. He gets there and it turns out to be a young lady in a high school uniform. And they start fighting. She kind of beats the shit out of them. But an actual, like, harmful ghost is on the property. And they team up briefly to take it out. And they start fighting again. They roll around. This is straight out of an anime. They roll around, fall down some steps, and he lands. And they're basically kissing each other. Because he lands on top of her. 
straight out of an anime. Straight up. It's a, it's a, it's based on a webtoon, so it all feels very anime manga like. She it kicks in her memory, so she starts following him around. She's like, maybe if I get another kiss, she's pissed at first, but she's like, maybe if I get another kiss, I can remember more. And they form a friendship and eventually a relationship. And it's a really funny show with a really dark backstory of he was once possessed by an evil spirit, and that evil spirit has the is now possessing a professor at his college and is trying to get revenge. Um, it killed his mom kills his dad in the show <laughs> like people fucking die like it's not afraid to kill people um but it's really good all the way through like episode 12 and a bit of episode 13 uh, i'm gonna do some spoilers here because it's from 2016 uh but i think it's worth a watch even with that with these spoilers but she turns out wasn't actually a ghost her soul was just separated or her spirit was separated from her body as she was in a coma from the hit and run by the professor um this is where the show kind of dropped off for me and they really don't talk much about her time as a spirit because she has amnesia but they really don't even address it at all like there's like a couple like parts where they mention it and for the next four episodes it's like the first 12 didn't fucking happen and i'm like why why is this a fucking thing how do you not discuss this and i want to read the webtoon or find it somehow translated if i can and What's read this korean webtoon what's up what is it called uh bring it on ghost here but i think it's called hey ghost let's fight or something like that in korea um but they eventually hooking up. They hook up again because she's awake, but they never really talk about her spirit time, and she can see ghosts. But they never even they briefly touch upon that, and they don't talk really about that much anymore. And I was like, "Hello, why are we just fucking ignoring everything that happened in the first twelve episodes?" And it's really weird. I feel like they hope to get eighteen to twenty episodes, and they only got sixteen approved, and you can feel it rushed at the end because. I was a little disappointed in the ending. I think overall it's still a fantastic show to watch um, because the first 12 episodes were some of the best K-drama I've ever watched. I'd put it up there before the ending. It was going to be probably in the top three. Still really good. It's interesting. So it's not on Webtoon, which is very bizarre because usually when um, it looks like it's from 2000, I think it says 2006 to 2006. 10 or something like that usually when netflix has that kind of um, webtoon adaptation live action they really pump it up on the the webtoon app and i haven't seen that and i don't see it on there which yeah i tried to find it on there because i was like i'll pay for this like but i don't know where where i can find it to read interesting well if it gets if it gets like more popular like if the the netflix series gets more popular i'm sure that they will serialize it in english i highly recommend uh watching it though if you have netflix it's it's a really fun series overall um yeah sounds fun sounds uh i like i like me for and kim uh, so hyun is so adorable as the female lead uh she's super cute she works well it's just funny because she was 17 when she recorded this and octae kyun who's the male lead and playing like a 23 22 year old was like 27 at the time <laughs> i'm like god damn it like, it's just this 10 year difference it's kind of funny looking at it you don't really notice in the show 
Um, because technically, this is also very anime. Because she was a spirit. She got hit when she was 17. But she's technically 24 because she's been in a coma for five years. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, like I said. You gotta explain it somehow, right? Yeah. But it's 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 really well done. I I really like that uh, show, and I just wanted to really talk about that because me and my friend Dre, we basically uh, watched that show anytime we had time. Next show we watched, Jealousy Incarnate, another rom com. Can't wait. Got trying to get through these uh, K dramas. All right, sounds good. Well, can we are we gonna start this anime podcast now? Uh, sure. Podcast. I'm I'm ready to. Uh, let me. Uh, let me get my tag team partner, so uh, oh. we're going to have a two-on-one match here. Yeah, it's, it's sorry, Scott. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know why you're apologizing. Oof. 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 <laughs> I feel bad. Let's, so. uh... <laughs> uh... So, this, uh, this week we're talking about uh, Hayao Miyazaki's The Wind Rises. Um... I've had farts yeah, that rose higher than this. <laughs> Can I help you, Nitro? <laughs> oh my god, that was pretty good. I understand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm sorry there weren't any uh, exploited underage girls in this. Um, the, How do you know? <laughs> I'm sure. <shelled. laughs> just gonna edit both of your tracks out um so we're talking about Hayao Miyazaki's The Wind Rises and The Wind Rises uh is Miyazaki's last feature length film um this ain't the way until to go his out. next one <laughs> until until his next one of course I hope so he has actually he needs a new one he's hey, let's Scott get through this I'm sorry currently working on another film of course but uh there's no no sign of it ever being done um and it is uh it is about Miyazaki's favorite topic which is uh airplanes and how beautiful and majestic they are uh it's pretty much what every every Miyazaki film is about but this one is explicitly about that um it is a fictionalized historical drama about uh, Jiro uh, Hori Koshi who is the designer of uh, some of Mitsubishi's uh, best uh, you know late uh, late 1920s early 1930s fighter okay planes. well you said fictional but he was a real person yeah, well, that's he was a real person, but it is a fictionalized biography. It is it's some of the events are real, but most of the events are not. Does that is that yes <laughs> not clear yes okay. what say that again? Um, it is it is not only uh, an adaptation of. Uh, Jiro's life. It is also partially uh, an adaptation of the novel *The Wind Has Risen* yeah. um, by uh, Tatsu Hori, which, which well, I'll is talk about that later. yeah. So it's it, it which is it's a famous novel um, in, in you know in in kind of early modern Japanese 
history uh, it kind of introduces the idea uh, that we kind of see uh, repeated throughout anime of the um, the love interest or the mother or something with who has this chronic illness and is slowly dying um, so that's def- it's definitely had a lot of uh, inspiration over the years yeah Miyazaki but, hates um, women confirmed <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure about that. He loves when they die of hor- horrific illnesses, so... Well, I mean, let's... Uh, people died of tuberculosis a lot. But the mother was saying. dying in Totoro? Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, right. I mean, Totoro would be a huge example of a, of, of a female character with a mysterious illness. Um, but that's repeated throughout you know anime at this point in the culture you know like uh, all of the all of the uh those um mid-2000s Anohana. um visual novel adaptations like clanad and all those anohana <laughs> both the mother well, and the girl yes <laughs> yes um yeah, so so that's it's it's kind of snuck in there, and and because I think originally, um, you know, and then that's and that's where the that's where the title comes from. Um, the wind rises; it comes from the wind has risen. Um, it's it's uh, it's kind of an interesting gluing together of these two disparate stories to make a single whole, but. Um, the story. So it's. I mean, we're following. We're following along with uh, Jiro's life. So Jiro uh, is a kind of an interesting figure in history. We are, we're we're coming into um, the modern era of Japan, and he is very much like a child of um, of that modern era, right? Um, he's was born, you know, forty years into the Meiji Restoration. Japan was far on its way to modernizing by that point. I don't think, like, you know, he never grew up in a Japan without trains or without any of those. And as a child, he, you know, grew obsessed with getting his hands on uh, engineering and and aircraft magazines from other countries. Um, And this kind of influence from other countries got him to be obsessed with the... Italian aircraft designer uh, Giovanni Battista Caprini, um, and Caprini would kind of be a it's, a it's a critical character in the story, uh, as he serves as a a muse to Jiro, as, as well as a as well as a, like a spiritual guide. So this, there's, you know, there's, there's like an acknowledgement that the Caprini in real life exists, but the character that Jiro interacts with in the movie is very much a creation of Jiro's mind. And this is kind of where Caprini gives the audience kind of the the core like themes of of the film, which is that um, you should, you know, a it's okay that you to, to design aircrafts even if you don't fly which which was a kind of a big deal because uh jiro was nearsighted um there's a there's a kind of an early scene where young jiro is like and i've never heard this before so it must be like an old old superstition he's staring at the stars and trying to improve his eyesight because he's nearsighted and he, he nearsighted people cannot fly aircraft um 
So because he can't fly aircraft, he decides he can he can design them based on learning about the life of Caprini. So Caprini says you should go and create aircraft. It's it's like it's not even the flight of the aircraft that matters. It is the it is that the fact that they exist. Like that's 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 the core that matters. So um from there, Giro dedicates his life to becoming to become an engineer, going to you know, he goes to Tokyo University or Tokyo Imperial University, which is what it was called at the time, and um, eventually gets his job at the Mitsubishi, uh, uh, the Mitsubishi Heavy Industries, which which is responsible for some of the most modern airplanes in Japan of the day. The when he gets to Mitsubishi, he kind of is met with a group of engineers which are very dispirited uh, because. Uh, Japan is, they say Japan is, you know, 10 years behind the rest of the world or worse. And everyone, and, and they, they, every, all of the engineers there are desperate to catch up to the rest of the world, but they don't, they don't kind of see that path there. Um, and then Jiro kind of cuts through that and starts to develop both cost-cutting and material-saving techniques that will enable Japan to take advantage of its weaker engines and take advantage of its, um, you know, lower uh, raw material supply than other countries, and try to catch up with these other these other uh, these other industrialized nations. You know, and and to do that, you know, Jiro travels the world he goes to the the he goes to germany um which is it's right before um the rise of fascism but like on the cusp uh to try to license their technology he you know he does a lot of he does a lot of research he works with a lot of professional engineers you know acquires a lot of skill and it kind of walks through walks through that um about halfway through the movie, the movie kind of remembers that it's supposed to be there's supposed to be some character drama in there, and it introduces a character who was we saw in the start of the movie, um, which uh, Nayoka, Nayoko, who will become Jiro's wife. Unfortunately, uh, Nayoko has tuberculosis, and so when the relationship begins, it's very much uh, listen. I want I want to marry you, but I, you need to know that I am going to die, and Jiro um, Jiro does not care. So their relationship begins as the country uh, starts to kind of take this negative turn towards um, towards the military fascism that will ultimately lead to the end of the Japanese Empire um, but all the while all the while while that's happening uh, Jiro kind of finally perfects a fighter design that uh, not only you know matches um, matches the West but also in some ways surpasses it and and uh, and that is that is the that is the core story of the wind rises um so do you want to talk about the positives first uh, well i will i will I, I, I there's a lot i want to talk about but i'm going to hand it over to you guys 
because I clearly you have a lot to say. Well, I want to talk about, about some this of the film positives first. Uh, go, go for it. Go for it. Um, one of the things I like, and Miyazaki has always done this well, is the audible and the visual uh, way he portrays certain events. When the earthquake hit, at first I thought it was like a bombing, but he does a really good job of making it sound almost like a monster is coming through as the uh, earthquake yes. is rumbling through. I really enjoyed those moments where he does that. Um, it was vintage Miyazaki. Uh, yeah, the 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 way I, I, I described it when I was watching it, um, it, it's both... It is both hyperbolic and yet kind of literal yeah. on what an earthquake is, because literally the earth like rose briefly and then settled down. Yeah, but they make it sound almost like a monster is rolling through with the audio and that like it sounds like you... some unseen monster is like tearing up the landscape for a second. Well, yep. Scott, and then that the did, yep. Did you watch the sub or did you watch the dub? I watched the sub. I watched. I watched the sub. Oh, okay. So I watched the dub, and I don't know if it was this way in the in the sub, but a lot of these sound effects I noticed were actually like vocalized. So, for example, like the start of the like a plane, it would literally just be somebody going into the mic, going, and like you could tell that it was it was actually vocalized and not done by you know just some type of weird sound effect was it like that in the sub because uh, and that reminds me because when you say it it sounded like a I, beast going off i don't know literally... if it sounded like that for the planes but i'd say for the uh earthquake it definitely sounded like somebody making a monstrous like i don't know if growls the right word but a rumble um okay. because they definitely made it sound it didn't sound like it was just a sound effect. It sounded like somebody making a monster, even if they used some type of program to make it sound a little more guttural um, and more like yes, intense. Right. It definitely didn't sound like a typical sound effect. Yeah, I, de- I definitely, I would definitely call it organic. Like there's something, there is something alive about it. But I don't, I couldn't tell you. I noticed with the planes. Honestly, I'm not going to sit there and say I noticed anything with the planes. The um. The key part about that, like, that monster, like, danger noise is it actually, it does return a couple times throughout the film, um, mostly as, you know, as Japan starts to kind of, in the background, fall towards disaster, but... Um, other than that, I mean, it's typical Miyazaki visuals overall. The animation is gorgeous, um... I liked a lot of the voice acting for a lot of the other characters. Uh, I will talk about Jiro's voice actor on the sub. Uh, Plenty. I understand the meaning behind it, but fuck that shit. Uh, I will say why I don't like it later, but I wanted to say a lot of the voice acting is up to par of what I expect from his movies. But seeing the cast that was on the dub, I kind of wish I had also thrown that on to see how it sounded. The dub was actually not too bad. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt played Jiro. Sometimes he felt a little flat. And Well, um, then he matched the uh, Japanese version perfectly. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes he felt a little flat. 
But I think for the most part, like Miyazaki dub films, yeah. I will watch them over the subtitle just because I feel like they're really done really well. And I feel like The Wind Rises is is no exception to that. And I know it had, I think like, it had like a crazy cast. Um, I'll have yeah. to look that up. I just, uh, like, I, I recognize a cast. lot of the, I recognize a lot of the Emily voices. Blunt was in there. William H. Macy, Martin Short, uh, Stanley Tucci. So it had a lot of, uh, decent names or larger names too in that cast. Yeah, this was still, uh, this was still a Disney production, yeah. um, during this time. So that was, uh, yeah, they, they of course can afford to get heavy hitters to try to. To try there and is push a the redub as hard as possible. Different people, though. Oh, that uh, maybe they never. I wonder if they couldn't get the right to, to the Disney dub. Yeah, not everybody, but some of them were definitely redubbed. Huh. And I assume I'm only assuming that because if you look at the uh, anime planet page, there's like two English voice actors for some of them, and I assume G Kids had to redub some of the stuff since they took over all the Miyazaki stuff. Still weird that Disney kind of gave that up. They thought so. they probably thought that he was saying peace out, you know. Yeah. But should we talk about the bad? <laughs> sure. Uh Jiro. I know it's Hideaki Anno, but Jiro's voice actor in the sub. I mean, in the Japanese version, he's just he works. Stilted. He works in moments where, like, he is just. Focus on his engineering crafts, but it doesn't work when he turns to his wife because they show scenes without like the, you don't see, you don't hear the audio of them talking at times and his like energetic, like faces towards his wife. And then when you hear the talking, he just back to like being kind of dry and dull. And I'm like, but it doesn't match up with how he go- reacts and um, talks towards his wife to compared to his work, his work. He lined up perfectly. It sounded like an engineer just focused on his work, would just be like kind of dry, doesn't care about anything else, no emotions, just focused on planes and work. But when his wife, they would always show him being a little more like emotionally involved, but Hideaki is not a voice actor, and it showed in those moments. And it really destroyed those moments for me when him and Naoko, and then the nail in the coffin for me, and I understand it's a blend of Jiro's life, like actual life, and the, those uh, sh- stories. But when I found out his actual wife wasn't turbicular, didn't die before the war, I was like, so you just used this part of the story to create some emotional bullshit? And I just fell off. I was like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about her. Because this isn't what actually happened. Like, <laughs> I was like, it was just, it was just used to put some melodrama in there and i was like i felt like as much as i like miyazaki it felt cheap from him does that make sense it felt cheap to bring that emotion out from miyazaki of all people i would expect that from lesser directors but i don't know for me i didn't expect that from miyazaki to kind of like bring that part of the play out or the story out of i mean i don't know well i I mean there's that, that trope. Well, you had mentioned uh, earlier today when we were just talking about how I don't know how 
there's like some weird it's a phenomenon in anime and it's got a name to it and it's about like the sick woman in anime some some women's always got to be sick with a mysterious illness like scott said and that is just it just feels kind of like a cop-out almost because it's like an easy emotional thing because and as progressive as miyazaki has tried to be and has been in a lot of work it still feels very patriarchal by him to constantly put the woman in the role of being the uh sick and dying one i'm just like you really couldn't come up with something else with what's supposed to be your last film you still pulled a woman out that wasn't even the way his real wife was and made her sick and dying it just it felt cheap once i learned that it felt like a cheap ploy to get emotion out of me and i was like i'm out i don't care you're better than this miyazaki you're better than this so uh we'll talk about that more i just want to uh shannon i want you to get your overall impression i would say that it is an enjoyable film in a, to a certain extent it's definitely not my favorite miyazaki film that one definitely goes to porco rosso which is ironically also about planes, but it's about a pig who flies planes. But um, I don't know. It's about a communist I just... who flies planes. What? It's about a communist who flies planes. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> but I mean, at least it's well, a it's like, yeah, we're not right? talking. We're not talking about that. that it's still movie a pig today. flying plane. It's so still a pig flying plane. He's freaking. It's at least somewhat fantasy. So I don't know. It just. I feel like there was no point or purpose of the movie i get it's one of those things where it's like oh follow your dreams but first off it was way way too long for absolutely having not really much of a plot i don't know maybe it's just because like it was it's too in depth like i I want to add a little bit to that okay good because one of my problems is it took to the last 20 minutes before him and the wife got married and all that happened and i was just like we just spent an hour and 45 minutes and now you want to get to this part it, yeah like that's why I, I agree with you it was super long and he just waited too long to kind of push story elements in and it just ended with that weird dream sequence and it was just like what that the fuck I did, did I watch this understand. movie for you ended what it with hell? some fucking dream sequence what was the, what Scott, maybe I don't know. Again, this is this is probably why I didn't really care for it because it made me think too much, and I like my anime when I don't have to think too much. What the hell is that ending? I don't get it. So I like when I have to think. The thing is, they the whole description of this movie was like it turns out the planes he's doing, even though he knew it would probably be for war, was like a little worse than he expected. But the way it ended, they didn't spend enough time to touch on his problems with it oh it's just like they brushed over it it felt like at the end instead of having like maybe him marry the wife and all that happened slightly earlier so you can really touch on the problems of the planes going to war it kind of was like oh here's this dream where he realizes shit's crazy but then his wife's like hey you should still live on for what you love I'm fine. I'm dead. Uh, it's just like, what the fuck? I was like, oh. Okay. Is he dying? Is... Scott, was he dying or no. something? No, he lived. A... Well, I don't know. Miyazaki may have set it up that way, but he wasn't. He lived for. Because they were like, the oh, you should he lived live. Like you need to live. He lived to like 1982. So no, in real life, he wasn't dying at that time. <laughs> 
and him and his wife had two kids, which is why I was bothered by this when I read the history, because Scott had one point was like biopic, and I was like, not if you just made shit up. <laughs> well, so let's let's kind of break let's kind of break down the wind rises. So, Nitro, you're not you're not wrong. Um, I gave this a two I, out of I suggest- five. I was so disappointed. When I suggested this movie, I also suggested um, that you watch it with I'm not why I The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, which is a documentary uh, about Hayao Miyazaki during the creation of The Wind Rises. And um, that documentary becomes kind of a critical piece of the story but you shouldn't need to watch a documentary to get a critical piece no, of the no, story no 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 you shouldn't and you don't have to but it become but but it's 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 it it becomes easier to but that steps into the, the whole to understand but that steps into the whole i don't want to i don't know if this is the right term that whole intellectual argument of i'm better than you because i have watched the documentary behind it so i have a better understanding and now like you plebeian i'm not saying you specifically but that's that thing where it's like well you don't fully understand it because you didn't watch this other piece of material i'm like i shouldn't have to fucking give it to me in the movie i watched awfully elitist there scott i'm not saying scott is but i'm saying if you have to get the bigger picture, I feel like that plays into that mindset that a lot of, like, people who really get into, like, cinema especially take on mm-hmm. that mindset of, like, well, that's because you didn't really do the full-on research or watch this piece or read this piece. And I'm like, yeah. but I shouldn't have to. You should give me a story that makes fucking sense from start to finish. So <laughs> so you should – yeah, no, you don't have to watch the documentary. It's not like the documentary yeah. like is like, is like a secret code that helps you understand it. But the documentary – kind of gives you a couple extra tools and or and 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 helps to unlock it helps to 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 watch the film differently so the wind the wind rises is a biopic but it is not a biopic about jiro but the wind rises is a reflection of hayao miyazaki on his career and that is what makes the movie ultimately interesting. But just make a movie the... about yourself at that point instead of pulling some other <laughs> historical <laughs> figure out. I'm like, I hate that shit. The, the right. So or at least hold yeah, on, Miyazaki. Oh, real quick, make it completely fictional people. Don't pull a real person in to try to make. Because I'm focused now on the person from history, not mm-hmm. you. So make it fully fictional. But it's actually about you underneath the surface. Because all I started well, doing was I started reading up on this guy because I wanted to see the truth. And that's what I found out. Wife, two kids, died in 82. What? <laughs> but it, it, the, the, well, the, the, the thing is I don't know how conscious yeah. when Miyazaki first wrote the manga. It was a manga first. Um that Miyazaki wrote as a as a side project when he was um, working on Ponyo. Um, Better movie. How conscious he was that eventually it's going to become a movie, and it's eventually it's going to be a reflection of of himself. Um, Miyazaki. This is not the first time Miyazaki has reflected upon his career in animation. Um, Poco Rosa also partially acts as kind of a, a reflection of of Miyazaki's own career and a better um, reflection po- of por- his career, honestly. Porco 
is like a Miyazaki stand-in for the most part. Um, it is one of the reasons why Porco is the character he is. It's one reason why Porco is a communist. Um, so, um, so, uh, yeah, so the, the, the movie itself about being about Jiro is, is, is less about exactly what Jiro is, is specifically working on and more about the themes that Caproni brings up, which is that, um, airplanes are beautiful dreams, but airplanes are cursed and, that that theme kind of gets it gets hammered constantly through the film um but i think that what what drives that hammer uh what drives that hammer deep into exactly what um what 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 miyazaki wants you to understand about jiro as a person and how he treats life is when Nayoka gets introduced as a character because Nayoka and his and Jiro's relationship with Nayoka is not an actual human relationship. It is an extension of the themes of the film um, because the relationship itself is a beautiful, cursed dream that can actually never happen. This is too. This is too much she, for me. Because she is dying, right? Right. She's going to die, and that's how the relationship starts. So they they cannot build a life together, and just like um, Jiro and his planes cannot, like Jiro and his planes both cannot exist at the same time. He has to. He will create planes, and he will let them go. And he, they will fly away from him, and then they will not return. That's um, a terrible thing to think about. And that th- that theme is it is it is an artist's reflection on himself. It is Miyazaki essentially saying that animation and the stories and the art that you create will be put out in the world, and once they are into the world, you have no effect over how they're used, over who consumes them, over what they do to the world. Um, if, if ultimately your art makes the world a worse place, it is not a reflection on yourself. But... Let me tell Miyazaki something. As long as, long, as, long as, as, long as what you did is, is taking advantage of your craftsmanship and you create something that is singularly beautiful. So... If we take that idea and we look at Miyazaki's opinion about the current Japanese culture, about the current state of the animation industry, about you know what you know why how he feels about even people reading manga on the train, which he hates, um, he sees himself as being instrumental in creating a culture that he hates. Well, let me tell him one thing. This world sucks. Okay. Let them fucking enjoy the escapism. That's it. That's why I don't fault anybody for being like, I don't care about what's going on around me. Let me just enjoy this shit till I die. Because the world fucking sucks. And it's not his fault. It's not my fault or our fault. It's the fucking all these governments because everybody became power hungry and wants to take the money while at the expense of the people doing all the work. 
the world sucks. Just let them fucking enjoy this shit till they die. People are just to the point where they're like, fuck it. I During the pandemic, I was like, I'm just going to enjoy everything. Because if I catch this shit and die, I want to enjoy as much as I can at this point. Fuck it. <laughs> like, I was like, don't care anymore. So, <laughs> the, See, at the same fair. time, so, Scott, like... I don't know. I don't know jack shit about Miyazaki. I don't know his politics. I don't know how he feels Mm -hmm. about certain things. So I guess maybe that's kind of why I didn't understand the movie. Like I didn't understand the point of it. You are obviously more learned about it, but (laughs) yeah, I I, I don't know. It just, maybe it's like you had to be like a hardcore Miyazaki fan. Well, so there's a couple of things that, that the, the documentary frames, in kind of stark relief the two the two things that um were in the forefront of miyazaki's mind when he was making this movie number one the movie was in production about a year and a half after the fukushima nuclear disaster um and it was during the period in which uh shinzo abe um the the um right-wing criminal and former uh prime minister of japan was attempting to revise article 9 of the constitution of japan and article 9 of the constitution is what uh the united states put into place that essentially makes japan a pacifist nation um and so he part of what he wanted to do was create an anti-war movie um now where i where i don't like this movie is it's actually exactly how it treats the historical context of the subject it is about and that's partially on purpose because of the themes of the movie but it's also i think a bit disingenuous and it's like jiro it feels like jiro and the rest of the characters have no idea what their government is doing until of course then there's that one um the one German character who's there just reminds you all the shit that Japan is doing in the world. No, I and... think I have to disagree because I feel like him and what's the other guy's name, uh, Hanjo, talk about it here and there. And they're basically like, yeah, we're going to fuck up. Like they basically both talk about it. We're like, we're making a big mistake in what we're doing. We're, there's no way we win this. You're right. There, there was a couple. There's a couple times, uh, but it. After after he meets with the German guy, which is well, what gets him before. in trouble with the, one of them is before when they go yeah. to Germany and like like why are we building a bomb or who are we gonna bomb? And then they say um, and they're like that's a mistake. I think Hanjo is the one who's like, yeah, that's a mistake. We're not gonna we're not gonna do well yeah, there. <laughs> yep, but they were in Germany even before the war in China began. Yeah. Um, but it was after after they he talked to the, the German guy and got and that's what got him in trouble with the the Japanese secret police and everything, where that guy is just like puts puts these ideas and after that after that when Jiro is being hunted by the secret police he basically says like listen like these guys are after me for these weird reasons but I don't I don't care about politics or anything about the war I just want to make planes well, and that he was the fact that Miyazaki sneaks that in there is really. Odd. Well, so according to the wiki, he was strongly opposed to what he regarded as a futile war. Right, but he was instrumental in designing the plane in which because he enabled kept Japan wanting, to wage war know, against he the kept United play, States. Because <laughs> he was such so. 
he was such an engineer focused mindset he still wanted to keep working yep. on them and this was the way to do it like if he had said no i'm not doing this anymore he would never been able to work on planes again and i feel like he was one of those engineers where his sole life mostly was about making the best plane he could and i don't think i think he knew about the war i don't think he understood how aggressive japan was going to be though I felt like throughout the movie, it felt like he thought they were going to have it more for a defensive mindset. And then they found out that they were planning on actually attacking. And that's when, like, it was like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, and it's. I think that's also why Miyazaki was attracted to Jiro as a character. Um, the, the, you know, the, again, there's a couple things, you yeah. know... There's a couple things about Miyazaki himself, like in the documentary, like where he he spends a weird amount of time on. Like, there was at one point, you know, they have this relationship with um, NHK, the Japanese TV channel, yeah. and um, with Shinjo Shinjo Abe and and his kind of move of Japan to the right. NHK basically said, like, listen, you know, whatever your next movie is, I know it's political. Like, you can't make it too political. Yeah. And he, he they spend a while on that like 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 look at what's happening to the country like this is this is happening again yeah. um um i don't know somebody tell miyazaki, miyazaki that monster girl harems is where it's at get with the fucking times bro <laughs> and miyazaki is very liberal he's a very liberal person he's even against um he's against nuclear power he's against he calls himself a pacifist um and i think that's kind of what that's that's Again, one of the reasons why he he views um, Jiro as somebody to both emu- to look up to and also to somebody who can serve as his surrogate in a film, because he, he, they share a lot of the same feelings, and yet they have this love for Japanese aviation and engineering that ultimately led to the deaths of millions of people and the discussion the discussion that destruction of their home what the other thing the other thing i really like about the movie um that i think is also odd is that the world war Two is treated in this movie as a natural disaster um and it's not explicit i think it's very subtle and it's it's i think that there's there's a lot of people a lot of Japanese history is really weird. So I don't know I don't know how much you know about like we know a lot about what happened um in Germany after World War II. Um but the one weird thing that happened in Japan in World War II when the allies went in mm-hmm. um they could not they did not try any war criminals specifically. And the reason why is that they um they said that it wasn't like an individual like Hitler or Goering who like caused all these atrocities, that it was a a system of uh, incompetence that allowed these atrocities to happen. Um, I mean, now you could argue that they just wanted to let the emperor off the hook and all that, but that's that's what they found. So, um, yeah, so the the war is treated in the movie as a natural disaster. And the, why I say that is that the, so that you have this opening shot uh, at the beginning of the movie of the great, um, the great uh, 
Kanto earthquake, which destroys Tokyo. And then you, at the end of the movie, you have very similar shots of Tokyo burning in the wake of World War II. And that's kind of like a bookend. And that's pretty much the only thing we hear of the war. And then you see you see the, sh- the, the, the final dream sequence, which I know all of you had, you guys had problems with. I had a problem so with that <laughs> just being the ending when there's so End. much more to his life that was, I felt... I would have liked them to explore. Yeah. But so you have, so, so based on what I said now and, 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 and that, uh, Naoka is simply like, it's a, is a thematic, um, Naoka, sorry, is a theme, is just a thematic engine to the film. When she's just another patriarchal piece from Miyazaki and it's fucking annoying. She, she dies when the, a, the the um was it the 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 plane is called the AM five yeah. uh the A five M is is successful and that's the beginning it's it's a, as a thematic is that this is the beginning of the cursed part of the dream but it's also like the, you had this is the thrill of the flight song. and what you're releasing into the world is done but then. Now the feedback begins where the cursed part, and then it quickly sh- it goes what? until finally the end. I want to talk about this zero. part of the her just fucking leaving him to go back to this like well, I can't remember what the name of it right now. What they called it? Sanatorium. Sanatorium. Um, when her being there was some of the best work he's ever done, and I'm like, so you just fucking said fuck you, dude. I'm out. I'll. But I felt like it was nobody does that shit. And nobody's leaving their fucking loved one behind in the time when they need it the most. Both of them needed it the most. I was like, this, it just, it, it was another part of the melodrama that Miyazaki cooked up for this film that I just really disliked. It just felt very artificial. And everything about her felt very artificial to me. And it's why I looked up the actual wife at some point and was like, oh, this isn't even how she actually is. <laughs> it's just like oh okay this is all just made up shit from the book that he pulled and it's not even well, one book he pulled from like three different books to create her yes i'm like dude what i was just yeah i was not happy no no i and I, I understand but it's it i i do understand it felt and like it's, melodrama it's... Well, artificial melodrama, because what we talked about earlier, his movie was boring and slow, and he had to create something out of it to keep the viewer invested, but when you put that in there artificially, it shows, and it fucking showed. I'm surprised at how many high um, scored reviews there are for this film, because I'm like, I feel like a lot of people are just running off their nostalgia of Miyazaki for this, and it's not as good as people think. Somebody called it fast-paced, and I was like, what the fuck about this movie is (laughs) fast-paced? So, yeah, I think that, right, if you take it on on its, as a character, she is not well thought out or well developed. But again, like, as a a way to uh, uh, highlight the theme and the message of the film, it it works. I disagree. Um, Like I said, it felt artificial to me. But would you call this movie fast-paced like one reviewer did? No. I would not. I'm like, what did you watch? Like, did you accidentally watch Porco Rosso and thought you were watching <laughs> fucking <laughs> The Wind Rises? 
Um, so I think so. So I don't know if I'd call a lot of Miyazaki movies fast paced. Period. <laughs> On this one of all of. So there's a. <laughs> no, they're not. Miyazaki does not make fast paced movies. That's for sure. Um, so so let's the the ending is 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 one of the more interesting parts. I think that. Um. We're we're told from the beginning of the movie that whatever Jiro's dream is going to be, it's it's cursed, right? Like, um, and Giovanni Caproni is be from in the it. beginning, Caproni <laughs> calls them from the beginning that the airplanes are cursed dreams. But at the very end, Caproni congratulating Jiro, their peers now instead of someone looking up to yeah. a master, and Jiro just says like not a single one returned home which is true yeah um well they were all the zeros were captured and especially. they were burned or kamikaze yeah. or, um and the 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 fact that something in the again you know the fact of the dream not returning is is again part of the whole you just put you put out your work into the world it doesn't return to you you, you can't control that but um the ending was changed, uh, and I like the original ending better. I think it works better as a as part of the theme, um, and I think Miyazaki changed it because he got too attached to the character when they were so, drawing him. So, when you say it changed, got, do you mean from the book to the movie? No, when the script was written. So oh. originally. Originally, Nyoka does not say live. She says come. Yeah, and, that's and, what we all and, want. And, live. And, <laughs> as, <laughs> urging Jiro to go with her in in into this dream world. Um, and it might have been something that that Miyazaki thought that was a little too dark, or Miyazaki didn't like that. He was putting, you know, that as a capstone for his career. That that, that just telling like, somebody to unalive themselves. Yeah, <laughs> and and then and and he changed it. But I think the fact that uh, Naoko says, like, okay, you know, like you put this out in the world. Now it's time to you can come with me now, and we can rest. Is it makes more sense than she telling him to keep living when the dream is over. That's and that so that's my main that's my main complaint about just like what what the film is now. Um, I don't know if that makes more sense to you that that, that like because you, you said that felt weird that she said live right yeah. it doesn't but that's not exactly that's not what she meant to, that's not what she was supposed to say. Oh look, here's another fictitious part I just learned. For example. Jiro actually had an older brother, not a younger sister. Miyazaki had to create the little sister character. Oh, look at that. Look at Miyazaki. A freaking typical otaku, whether he wants to admit it or not, had to have the little sister character. He prefers what? to draw women. What? I was you going to say, but she was, she was cool because like, she no, wanted I like the to little be a sister. doctor, yeah. right? And she became a doctor. Be at his urging to be like fuck the patriarchy basically is what he said go do what you want to do because <laughs> she was worried about that she goes women can't become doctors he's like do you want to be a doctor then go be a doctor <laughs> um right and uh, you know like that character like the it is a good character it's also like yeah it is it is another character who 
um, has a dream and follows through it. But it's, um, you know, we, we we know what her life is going to be during the war too, which it's not going to. So be I'm now realizing what the problem is. Miyazaki read yeah. and liked. My little sister can't be this cute. And has hated himself oh, ever since. Oh fucking Christ! <laughs> Wait, we're talking about heavy themes here, and you bring up that bullshit. That that is okay. not bullshit, so, by the way. The anime is bullshit, but the actual manga and light novel is really well done. Here's here's where I'm going to end. Is this a good movie? No. <laughs> I don't. Think it is. I think it's a fucking terrible movie. I don't even think it's good think as it's a, a animated documentary because he put brings in too much a, fantasy. That well, I shouldn't say fantasy, fictional parts to this guy's story. I would rather him just say, I, "Here's an animated movie about me reflecting on my life," instead of putting it onto somebody else that was a historical person. But but I think as a as a reflection of I, an artist, nope. I I can't agree. I I. I I find it an interesting piece, especially I think somebody it would have been more interesting, who like has I said, if he a very about complicated himself, history. No, I think if he put a, himself in that role and not Jiro, another historical character, or even just make everybody fictional. The problem was I got kind of invested in Jiro as the engineer, so I started googling and looking up Jiro, the aircraft engineer. So just make another movie that's like Porco Rosso where it's not based in reality in any way and just kind of be like, this is a reflection on my life and how I felt and I might have enjoyed it more. But you can't get me interested in somebody else's story and then be like, it was kind of a reflection on me. Well, that feels egotistical to take somebody else and then make it about you. I'm sorry, I'm very passionate about this because there's a lot of things that bug me about this movie, especially when you tell me about how he felt this was a reflection on himself. I'm like, then don't use a historical figure. Like, it feels egotistical at that point. Well, well no, no, I mean, I mean, I'm not, like, I mean, that's, that's the interpretation, yeah. right? It's it's that this is a reflection of, of Miyazaki, and that's why he was attracted to the story, and he, that's why he constructed it the way it is. I, I, when he originally wrote the manga, I think he really did want to write something interesting about Jiro. Yeah. Um, but I feel like him trying to yeah. blend everything together failed. Hardcore. For me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's fair. Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't... I think as a... If, if like, you told me this... If what You asked me, like, is this a piece of entertaining cinema like no like this is not a piece of entertaining cinema i think it has a lot of problems is it a good reflection of history like no um it's not um is it a good capstone to the work of like a a person who isn't happy in the world or medium that he's working in and i say yes i say no kind of this is the f- he should have left that ponyo and walked away. Should have just fucking been done and left that ponyo and just walked the hell away. This is not the way you capstone your career. Maybe if you want to make it the penultimate, but not your final. I felt this was a bad way to go out. I still think most of the reviews are just because people don't want to shit on Miyazaki, and it drives me insane. Well, he's coming back, right? He's making another film, so I wouldn't He's say... like 80-some years old. <laughs> I just don't see it happening. He, He's 81 years old. Sorry, or 82. So the, his, no, 81. 
his new film has been in production since 2016. Um, it is was supposed to be released uh, in 2020, and it is uh, it is nearly finished. Yeah. Do we know what it's about? Uh, Himself again. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh God! He can't get away with the. He can't get away from the subject of himself. Um, it is about. It's called "How Do You Live." Um, it's based on the real. It's based on a novel, so it's. It's based around the novel "How Do You Live," but it is fictionalized film in which the novel is featured. Yeah. Uh, and how do you live? Is a let's see. So it is about a fifteen-year-old high school student uh, named after the astronomer Copernicus. He is athletic and academically gifted and popular. His father's a bank executive. And his mother's dying of a mysterious illness. Illness. <laughs> following his father's desk, he goes to live with his uncle. Where's the mother? See, this is what I'm talking about. University professors and doctors. He goes on business trips. This is what I'm talking about. Miyazaki can't be this liberal voice in japan and keep shitting on women like it's fucking annoying i i don't think he shits on women as much as i you don't think say, he realizes his, he's doing it though most of they his can't always be this women. fucking dying damsel <laughs> like, he should have left it at ponyo a movie that was meant for more of like the kids let him smile and go out that way let the kids smile and just let it be at this point, I feel like it's his own ego he's fulfilling at this point. I hate to say this because I've been such a Miyazaki fan throughout the years, but this movie and hearing the possible backstory of what it's about, it feels fucking egotistical. This shit. <laughs> I mean, Miyazaki is a very egotistical person. Yeah, but a lot of the movies don't fully, I mean, Porco Rosso aside, he could have left that as his movie about himself and just kept making the rest of the movies like he was. There's a reason why Totoro is his best movie. Just saying. You know, I've still never seen that. Oh, it's so good. How have you not seen it's Totoro? So, I, I really, honestly, the original I've dub is so well Scott. done. The dub is really well done. I took my uh, sister's kids when they were younger to the movie theaters when it came back. And I was like, they're going to hate this film. And they didn't move from their seats. They didn't get fidgety. They watched that movie from beginning to end. And even the kid who's all about playing Call of Duty was like, that was really good. And I was like, I was not expecting that fucking reaction. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, you get to choose uh, our next yes. anime. And I, I imagine that this one's going to be filled with Monster Girls. Yes, it's it is. It's going to be filled a, with harems. It's, it's a Monster Girl harem isekai. called Monster Musume. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I have picked uh, Kakushi Goto. It is about single father. Kakushi Goto has a secret. He's a top-selling artist of popular erotic manga, but his impressionable young daughter, Hime, can never find out. Now he's having to bend over backwards just to keep her inquisitive little mind from discovering what he does for a living. A father-daughter tale of love and laughter. So I checked out the first volume of the manga uh, a while back because I got a free uh, copy for review on a, on a site called NetGalley. And it's super cute. It's basically like uh, similar to Miyazaki things. 
the mother passed away. He's a single father trying to raise his daughter, and his oh, way of making money. Oh, it's just so exploitive to women. How could you treat them so? But bad? the creator's not claiming to be some liberal, and then fill, fulfilling the patriarchy dream. Um, but the manga was super funny in the first one because the way they try to hide things quickly when the daughter's like, I'm going to show up at your work. And he's like, well, everybody make this not look like a fucking manga studio is really well done. I hope the anime really pulls it through. It's got a good rating. The anime has over, has a about a four star rating on anime plant. So I think it's going to be a good one because I think everybody will enjoy it here. It's got drawing, which Shannon's into. It's got a bit of, uh, I feel like, a deeper thing to look into that Scott likes. And it's got humor, which I like. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be one we'll all enjoy. Oh, boy. So, in Scott. All right, sounds Scott, good. Scott, spring season show start this weekend. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> uh, I have been Scott Spencer. You can, of course, uh, view... Uh, anime things wait wait before we do this using words scott yeah we need to know what do you think miyazaki scott's on marin is wait what did you just say marin 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 oh Marin? best girl of course yeah that show ended best fucking great best ending. Girl. i know great fucking we'll talk ending. about it next we'll we, talk about it next episode yeah next episode shannon i apologize unless you want to marathon my dress up darling which i recommend we're going in on that show I might. I recommend it. It's really well I've done. Got web comics to make. Just watch it while you're drawing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So go, um, sorry. Go ahead. I have been Scott Spaziani. You can f- of course find anime reviews using words over at otakuinreview.com. You can uh, listen to me rant and retweet obnoxious things over at twitter.com/slash Scott Spaziani. Uh, you can watch me play the Vigi games, including which I have I have been playing that new Kirby, Kirby and the Forgotten Vor, uh, over on my what? Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Gundam what? Pilot Spaz. Nitro, where can people find you? G-Nitro.com, also at all the socials, uh, slash g-n-i-t-r-o i am currently still working on my 2014 top 100 it is almost done actually i figured it would come out in may it's coming out in a few weeks um i have the 100 songs or 101 there's a reason why there's 101 songs and that'll be talked about when it releases but i hope to have that up soon i'm just working through the rankings now and i'm kind of going hardcore on that so i took a nice week break from shannon that. i had to <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Shannon. Yeah. You can find me um Twitter, Perfect Serenade. Instagram is also Perfect Serenade, but I don't really post there much anymore. But you can find me Lucifer's underscore ace underscore comic on Instagram. And then you can read Lucifer's Ace and I was a retired magical girl, which I have been working on while recording this podcast. On Webtoon and Tapas. And Proof she can watch yeah. my dress up darling while drawing. <laughs> Whatever. I think you'd enjoy the show. It's a great rom com. I got I got uh Oh uh, shit, Brittany Tucker started watching with me like halfway through. Oh shit. Um Poor puppy. He was just in the middle of the couch, so I heard this 
plop, and I'm like, how the fuck did you get to the edge of the couch all of a sudden? All right, we we will talk about doing my dress of darling next time. Yes, along with well four as, other uh, shows. I got four other shows to review next time of this season, and we'll we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. Peace.